الذين آمنوا أطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. One of the questions that came to us before is, um, I want everybody to listen to this very carefully. It was a very interesting question uh, with so many underlying issues. And um, it, it happens um, quite often. The question, the, the question goes as, a father sold a house to his daughter and son-in-law with a payment plan. So he didn't sell it on cash, but he sold it on a payment plan. With a 10, 20, 30 years, they have to pay they have uh, the father and the in-law money. The house is in the name of the daughter and son-in-law. Now the couple are getting divorced and haven't paid the full amount to the father who really owns the house, who really owns the house. Now, this is a very, very interesting question. Um, but of course, there might be now, we don't want to say legal issues involved because there is nothing in Islam that is not covered legally. But what we often sometimes use the word legal issues here might be, how does the law of the land look at it? The law of the land might look at it differently, and Islam, you know, the Islamic guidance on the matter might look at it differently. Um, there are issues that have got to be um, outlined in this kind of question. One. We know who this is a contract that involves an exchange of money for a property or a good. And the money is not mentioned here, but it was sold on a payment plan. So they do agree that the, pay, the sum of money to be paid was not going to be paid cash, but they'd be paying over a given period of time. And there is nothing at all as long as, as, long as the terms are very clear and do not involve anything that is not permissible in Islam, especially interest, and is not mentioned here. So we know the, the money, we know the property was the house, and we know the buyer, the buyer here, the seller here owned the property, and that's a condition for any transaction to be effective. And so the buyer was not forced and was willing and he agreed on the terms of agreement. And the kind of buyer here manifested two entities, the husband and the wife. And the contract does not stipulate that I'm selling this house to, a, to my daughter and my son-in-law. Rather, by the virtue of being a contract, it's a sale. It doesn't matter if you're selling to your son, but it's a sale to the buyer, who happens to be someone of a certain title. It could be your neighbor, could be your uncle, could be your neighbor, could be your son, could be your brother, could be a stranger, someone you're not connected to. It doesn't matter what kind of... Um, you know, relation he has with you, a buyer is a buyer and a seller is a seller. Islam does not distinguish between a buyer who is related to you and a seller who is not related to you. And by no way, the question suggests that part of this was a gift, but rather it was a contract. Now, the, the Islamic guy, the Prophet ﷺ made a very important statement when it comes to any purchase, buying, and any transaction that involves the exchange of a good for money or a service for money, and say that al-bay'ani bil-khiyari ma'lam yatafarraqa, that indeed the two parties that are involved in any transaction, both of them are fully responsible and fully at equitable terms in terms of either signing a deal or coming out of a deal, as long as they haven't parted ways. Now, because the, the transaction here on the part of the, of the buyer is comprised of two people, it is now up to them on what terms have they agreed to pay. Did they enter that contract between them on the base of 50-50, 10-90, 20-80, 70-30, 
it's up to them. But both of them in one or another are bound by the terms of the agreement because that was agreed upon and that was very made clear, was cleared on the part of the buyer that I'm selling this to my daughter and my son-in-law as a couple. And that is not in any way different from the conventional transaction involving a purchase of a house and a mortgage whether where they will take both of you responsible, even if it is the husband who would be taking the full responsibility of negotiating the loan in the bank, but the bank will bring in the, the spouse as someone who is going to bear some form of liability. Here, here both of them signed to be part of the buyer, and therefore they're both equally responsible. It doesn't matter that this daughter is the, the one of the party is the daughter of the seller, just as it could be the neighbor of the seller, the father of the seller, the friend of the seller, a transaction disregards all these relationships and they both come under the same title, under the same robe of being a buyer and they're equally responsible to make sure that the seller gets his money accordingly. Then it's up to them on what terms have they agreed. Was the husband next to pay 90%? and the wife, you know, fight, you know, 10 percent or five or one or two, that is up to them. But in the eyes of the buyer, both of them can be taken to court in equal proportions if they do not agree. Allah ta'ala alam. Next caller, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam. Yes, what's your question, my dear sister? But uh, question regarding the namaz is if it was time to read Muslim, Sister, I don't know. Uh, your call is not clear. The words are so Can intermittent. Can you come off the speaker? I mean, tune off the volume of your TV and uh, don't use a headphone. Make sure you speak to me directly. Okay. Brother, can you hear me now? I think it's better now, sister. Okay. alaikum, brother. Wa alaikum assalam wa wa barakatuh. Yeah, so my question is, mm. if you have um, to make up a kazan namaz, so mm. for instance, if you make up asr mm. or zuhr, Mm. And uh, the next one that you're going to recite is uh, Maghrib. Mm. So do you do the next prescribed salah first and then make up the kazaz? Or do you do the kazaz first and then make up the Maghrib? For instance, if it was Maghrib time, mm. which one would you do first? I would say as long as the time that is left is sufficient enough, uh, is sufficient enough uh, you know, for for you to make the qada before the jama'ah, before the jama'ah stands, then that is okay. But if the time is too narrow, make sure you do the time for that specific salah, i.e. maghrib, so that you do not end up in the process of making out the previous one. You run out of time, and maghrib is also going to be qada. So be doing two dhuhr, asr, and mag I mean, dhuhr, asr, and maghrib, all of them qada, that will not be helpful. I would say, given the short nature of the time for Maghrib, do the Maghrib first, inshallah ta'ala. But if it was, for example, for Asr, you missed the Dhuhr and you come to the Masjid, even if the Adhan for Masjid has gone, then that is okay. You can do your Dhuhr, finish it, and then join the, you know, uh, do observe the Salatul Asr in the congregation or even at home. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi Whenever the Iqama for the prayer has been established, whenever the Iqama has been made, then there is not any other prayer except that which is binding and obligatory for that time. So imagine you missed Dhuhr and the Iqama for Asr has gone, but we know both Dhuhr and Asr are silently read. Do not join the Jama'ah with the intention of performing Dhuhr first, 
even if on the face of it appears to be the same. The intention is very important. It's better you join the Jamaa so that you do not you do not only agree with them in the numbers, but even in the intention, so that you are all in them. Because by the end of the day, Zohr is being made up. So there's no point of making up, right, when with the Jamaa when they are doing Asr. Okay? But so would you, that only apply to the brothers? If it was for the sisters. It, it is the same with the sisters as well, my dear sister. Whether you are, if you are praying at home, then it's the question of how much time is there before uh, the next prayer finishes. So for Maghrib, as I know, the time is so short. If you miss the Dhuhr, it's better you do Maghrib first and then make up for the missed Dhuhr or the missed Asr as well. But if it was for Isha, if the Adhan goes, you make the Adhan at home, it is up to you to make up for the misty prayer. And then, because you still have plenty of time for that specific Salah, which is, uh, which is uh, uh, you know, Risha. This, as long as you are praying alone. But if you are going to pray with Jama'a, don't join the Jama'a with a different intention because, you know, by the time the Jama'a is finished, Still, there will be plenty of time for you to make the Salat al-Isha. So you join the Jama'ah with the intention of making up the misty prayer. And then when the Jama'ah is over, and then you do your own, the, you know, the immediate time, the immediate prayer for that time. That will not be good. I hope I am clear. Zakillah yeah, yeah, wa khaira. Zakillah. Wa barakallah fiik, sister. Zakillah wa khaira. Next call, assalamu alaikum. Uh, or before the next caller comes, we... Okay. Next call, assalamu alaikum. Hello, wa alaikum salam. Naam. Salam. Um, my question is, um, can you give zakat before time or after time? And if in case somebody comes and he needs help, can you give that zakat to him before time or after? Can I ask you, what do you mean by after? After means like... Um, uh, after, like, you know, maybe you didn't get a chance to give it out on time. Why? No, I'm just okay. asking. That's my thing. The reason why I asked that was just to highlight okay. the importance of giving zakah immediately, as soon as it becomes due. And by okay. definition, by definition, Zakah, the word zakah will not have, will not exist. Zakah will not exist until there is a time element to it. Every single form of zakah is defined by, by among, among other things that define it is the time, right? I'll give you an example. For example, you pay taxes, right? The word taxes, the tax that you pay becomes Taxable. I mean, the tax is only becomes effective as soon as you gain the income or you make the profit or the revenue for the, for the company is made. If you haven't made any revenue or before the end of the month, that money is not going to be taxable, right? I know sometimes they might take it much earlier, but that is not the meaning of it. That's why it have to be refunded back or they might ask you to give more. Now, let me put it very simple in simple terms. You are not allowed to give, there is no obligation on you to give zakah before the time becomes due. If you are a farmer and you are involved in growing a cereal like rice and beans and, and corn in a huge number, right, the zakah yeah. becomes due the day you make the harvest. 
then you have to give 10% of your harvest or a half of 10%, which is uh, 120th if you use too much labor and you spend a lot of money on machinery in the process of growing. When it comes to savings, when it comes to saving, zakat yeah. becomes due at the end of the financial year. And we're talking about the lunar calendar, not the Gregorian calendar. 355 yeah. days. Muharram to Rabi to Dhul Hajj, as soon as if you started counting your business starts on the first of Muharram, then zakat becomes due. In other words, you are required to look at the entire savings for full 12 months. The savings you've had in your custody for 12 months is what you have to calculate the zakat for. In other words, if at the beginning of the year you had in your account from the first of Muharram, say today yeah. the first of January, you had 10,000 pounds in your yeah. account after giving zakat for the previous year. Now, on the 31st of December, assuming this is, the, imagine this is, uh, you know, the Islamic calendar. On the first yeah. of, 31st of December this year, it becomes due now to calculate 2.5% of the money you had at the beginning of the year. And then what is at the end of the year, you look at it again, and then, and then, and then. Okay. So, so there is no point of giving earlier. Now, never ever be worried of helping someone out of the money that will become the base or the source for zakah simply because you are going to reduce it. Actually, okay. sadaqa carries more reward than zakah. Why? Because sadaqa is voluntary. No one forces you. It comes out of goodwill. And there is no maximum amount of money you can give in zakah. If you save the 10,000, you just give away 10,000 out of sadaqa, the reward is so immense. If you just give away one pound, the reward is accordingly. For zakah, you are only, you are only expect to give 2.5% of that money. The extra you give becomes a sadaqa, does not become zakah, because zakah okay. is predetermined. So don't worry, there's no such a thing as before. The only thing you can give any time is a sadaqa, and that is not considered as zakah before. Therefore, what is the implication of that? Never ever say that midway during the year, I gave her 250 pounds so and so was poor. And actually even by this time he's one of those who qualify. So I have already given my zakah. No. Why? Because zakah is only becomes due and becomes a liability when the time element has been completed. And when it comes to savings, it's called hawlan al-hawl. There must be a 12-month cycle that in case of savings, your bank account, savings under your pillow, animals you, and the animal stock you have, cows, goats, and camels, and, 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 uh, and sheep, all these you have to take the year element. And also the business stock that you have. For example, have a big, you're a big trader, merchandise, you deal in fashions and material and all those kind of things. You only calculate it after 12 months, after 12 months of the Islamic calendar. Anything you choose to, to give during the year, you saw an Islamic channel, mashallah, in a fundraiser, there's some disaster in a certain place, and you feel, subhanAllah, let me give this. Don't give it as zakah. And even if someone say you can give zakab now, don't late, no, don't. It will not affect your reward. Actually, the reward is going to be so immense if you give it as sadaqah. Inamal a'amalu bin niyad. 
all your actions are judged according to the intention. And one of the fundamental conditions that determines your ibadah to be acceptable if it is consistent with the guidance of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And when it comes to zakah, zakah has to carry the, the, the time element with it. With the sadaqah, there is no time element. You can give any time. You can give in the morning, you can give at 10 o'clock, 10 a.m., 12, 12 p.m., 1, 1.30, 4.30, 5.30. You can give any You can even borrow money. You can even borrow money to give in sadaqah as long as it doesn't involve interest. But you cannot okay. borrow money to give zakah, think that maybe, inshallah, I know my harvest is going to be big, so I'm giving my zakah now. So there is no element of zakah before, no matter what, no matter what. Jazakallah khairan. Finally, probably, is uh, someone asking, um, I work in a private healthcare, and alhamdulillah, I'm able to pray between patients, my, between patients, my salah, and I'm allowed to pray, I can pray between patients, my salah. And for my consultation room has a speaker so I can hear Miss while I'm doing my salah. Can you please advise in my... Yeah, that's fine. If you have no control over it, there's no problem. We all go through that. Sometimes it is the music that's being played locally and you can easily, you can easily get disrupted in your house and you have no control over it. Allah will not hold you accountable for something beyond your control. Just make sure you maximize your concentration as much as you can. Is it haram to say salamu alaykum to non-Muslims? There is nothing wrong to wish peace and, and, uh, and, and harmony to non-Muslims. You know, there is nothing wrong at all. You know, you know, have a good day. I wish you good. Good morning. Good afternoon. Hope you're okay. That's fine. But if you have any problem with salam, you know, don't say what salam alaykum. That is characteristically, uh, you know, Islamic greeting. But you, it is all about wishing someone peace and harmony. I wish the best morning. Have a nice day. Have a merry one. You know, merry day. Good week. Good month. There's nothing. I wish you a good year. There is nothing wrong at all being light Allah with that. And finally, um, yeah, I think that is, uh, is Ishraq, Salah, and Dhuha the same or is it different? Uh, you know, generally, they are not very much different. Uh, Salatul Ishraq and Salatul Awabin. And I think this question has come so many times. Um, the only difference would be that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that if someone prays Salatul Fajr and made in his, in his prayer area until the sun rises and then makes turakas, Allah grants him you know, a certain amount of reward. So that would say that is the Al Ishraq. But Al Duha goes all the way to the midday. And with this, we are coming to the end of today's. Uh, program. I pray that Allah keeps you healthy and well. Until I see you, Salaamu Alaikum wa Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh.